0: It's time to dive into the latest news and updates from the Vegas Golden Knights. This is Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. From City National Arena inside Studio 31, uh, welcome to the program, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Looking forward to one hour of hockey talk uh, during your lunch hour as you get in and out and about. uh, Taking part uh, in your day, Darren Millard, along with uh, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick, is with us. The Vegas Golden Knights on the road right now. Completing a two-game trip through the Central Division tomorrow night against the Nashville Predators after falling to the St. Louis Blues last night by a score of 5-2. to two. We'll get into that game. Uh, we'll also chat with Will Nickel, the Director of Player Development with the Vegas Golden Knights, in just a little bit. Uh, update you on some of the prospects that are uh, within the organization. Some great things happening, uh, both uh, with uh, Henderson and uh, with the prospects that are in major, junior, and uh, in college. And we'll also get into some uh roster news that's taking place right now with Max Pacioretty being on the road trip but uh, you watched last night two nothing lead and then in two minutes and 15 seconds it vanished. that was a weird game because they had some really good looks yeah great chances
1: they they had some really good looks and and then for on the St. Louis side you look at the the goals they scored and the opportunities being given up, when you give up a lot of opportunities from between the hash marks, mm-hmm. you know the, the numbers aren't going to necessarily balance in your favor. But but absolutely, they jumped out to a 2-0 lead, and if there's an opportunity to put your foot down at that point in the first period, maybe that's a different game, or if some of those bounce over the goal line, different game, but uh, St. Louis is a team that is talented, has game breakers, and uh, got a couple of, of fortunate bounces of their own, especially the O'Reilly goal. We talked about this before the show. The O'Reilly goal is going about three feet wide. And yeah. hits the inside of Robin Leonard's pad and then goes, uh, you know, trickles behind him. Uh, you know, that that gave them life. Uh, and then for St. Louis, just a, a dynamic attack game against a Vegas team that hadn't been on the road for a bit. What's the worst
0: lead in hockey?
1: 2-0 is what I'm told, but I don't know a single coach that wouldn't sign up for it. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> Vegas has trailed 2-0 on a semi-regular basis and been able to erase those deficits and win hockey games. And then they were up 2-0 last night. And it slipped away.
1: I guess it depends when you're up 2 nothing, right? Or yeah. when you're down 2 nothing. If it's seven minutes in, well, there's there's plenty of runway left. Um, and, you know, for the, for the Golden Knights, especially the first goal, the Stevenson goal, was a, a rebound in front and just a, a Johnny on the spot kind of thing. You know, if if you're able to generate that kind of pressure and funnel that kind of activity to the front of the net, if you can maintain that, if you can sustain that, well, then you can control the first period. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for the Golden Knights, they controlled the first seven minutes of the first period, but I don't know that they controlled the first period. Right. And, you know, the narrative can change in a, in a quick break. And it did when, when the, the, you know, the, the Falk breakaway. Uh, after that point, you're kind of like, all right, well, the, the first seven minutes doesn't really count for anything anymore. The
0: Vegas Golden Knights uh, are a record of 11-8 and eight so far. Uh, anybody would take that within the organization oh, yeah. and run with uh, with the injuries that they've had. But uh, I'm not going to say that it's accepted, but... yeah. You're kind of waiting for one of those nights uh, just to, to crop up after a 5 of one homestand, and the way things have been going, uh, being able to find different ways to win—that uh, that, that uh, an effort or a result uh, is going to just pop out every now and then.
1: And and also again, it, it, where did it happen? Mm-hmm. It happened against the St. Louis Blues team that you know is second in the Central, and you know it's a it's a good hockey team. It's a yeah. tough building to go into in any circumstance.
0: And they've been sputtering a little bit, so they were ornery. Yeah. I got the sense that they were a little bit testy.
1: A little testy and and again it's uh I I think when you, when you look at every how many teams can we say at this point of the season haven't been mm. a little ornery, right? Yeah. We, you know we we can talk about, you know, Edmonton has has gotten everyone's attention. Edmonton, Calgary, uh and then out east the the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes. Everyone else has had a, uh, you know, for every four good games, one of a vulnerable one. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's for, for, the, for that sake, if, if anyone's had a, a bad week and a half or so, they're going to have a good night when you go to see them. It's just the way it works out usually. Um, you know. But night, last night was also a night where you talk about some of the scrambles, some of the opportunities that the Golden Knights had. Jordan Binghamton played well last night, <laughs> and sometimes yeah. you just tip your hat there too.
0: Uh, Mark Stone uh, still searching for that first goal, but not for a lack of uh, grade-A opportunities. Uh, he was looking skyward on multiple occasions last night.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and – that's going to come, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to come. It's just a matter of him having, you know, been away for a while and then coming back to a, you know, it's, it's not like he's coming back and being reinserted on the the line he's used to playing with either, right? right. So, you know, and, and the Golden Knights, I think this has been a very impressive stretch for the Golden Knights, not just the depth that they have organizationally and, and also with, with the big club 24-7. Uh, they're finding ways to win without the lineup that they would have designed on, on paper at the start of the year. And that doesn't just tell you, like, oh, good, we have depth uh, that we can rely on in this time. That's the, that's depth you can rely on when you get back to a hundred percent too. That guys down the lineup have the experience and the uh, the, the track record of of, of being productive. Um, so you know, for Mark Stone, it's going to happen for him, but eventually he's going to be playing with the players he's traditionally suited to playing with. And you know, and hopefully soon, Max ready is on that list too. Um, you know, it, it's going to come, but it's it's right now he's he's been inserted into the lineup and immediately upon arrival, becomes, again, one of the most uh, dependent on productive players in the That the second he gets there. So it, it's it's okay for it to take a little time.
0: That uh, second opportunity last night, the puck just rolled on a stick and uh, goes up and over the net. Darren Millard, along with Brian McCormick, the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, with you on nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, Will Nickel, Director of Player Development. Uh, we're going to dive into the prospects. He'll join us in just a little bit. Uh, you were already scheduled uh, to be on the show today, so... I'd like to say it's it's great uh planning that we just shuffled you over here <laughs> and to talk about all these Henderson silver knights that are up but uh but it just it worked out that way so uh tell us about all these guys that have been called up and have been contributing and been able to uh help just tread do more than tread water for the Vegas golden Knights
1: yeah well, you know the the interesting thing is is uh, if you want to go all the way back to the start of the year because yeah. you can even say Jake LeCision and Jonas rombier land on that list of guys that were probably. Uh, penciled in to be Silver Knights and and, and frankly take on larger roles in, in Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been pushed into NHL duty and they've been very, very good. And I think one of the things that's been helpful is that Romberg, Lecision, Cotter, even though they are second to third line types at the AHL level even, you've asked them to come up and you haven't asked them to be 30 goal scorers. This is something I'd be curious to ask Will about mm-hmm. when we have him on. Is it harder for a player who's a point-per-game guy at the AHL level to get called up to the NHL level and impress or to meet the expectations of the fan base? Because, okay, you're a point-per-game guy, you're a top-line scorer, we hope that you are that when you get to the NHL full-time, so let's see some hints of pro- productivity that you can do that. It's, hard, it's a hard threshold to meet, because yeah. in the AHL you're playing against a certain skill level, and then the NHL you're playing against the best players in the world. It's going to take more to, to fool them or to, to find those, those passing lanes or whatever it is you do well. If you're being asked to be a hard-working checker around the perimeter, be hard to play against, yes, the players at the next level are better. But your role and your responsibility of staying within the systems, it doesn't change that dramatically. you know. So for Jake LeCision to put up you know, five points every 13, 14, 15 games and shut down the other team's best line at the AHL level, the shutdown part's going to be harder at the NHL level. But you're not expecting – if he doesn't have points for a few days, you're not worried about that. You're right. like, oh, he's playing good defensive hockey. So the guys that the – Uh, Golden Knights have had to rely on from Henderson are the types who have been strong, responsible, checking, play through the middle of the ice types of players. And I think that's allowed them to go to the NHL and not really feel a tremendous amount of pressure. Just do your job and be dependable. And so far, I think we can all agree that that Ron Bjerg, they've been dependable and then some. And then for Paul Cotter scoring two goals in four games, I I talked to him when he came back because he scored his first NHL goal. And then he met the Silver Knights in Stockton and played two games there, scored two more goals there. He's He's become a scoring machine, wherever he is. Um, but he's he said, uh, you know, it was kind of a relief. Even when you're not expecting to score a goal, it's a relief to score a goal and just say, okay, they can never take that away from right. me. Um, but I, I think he's probably the one that I think has been the most eye-opening of the Silver Knights who've got called up this year because he's put up points in the AHL, but, you know, not explosively so.
0: No, it, it kind, of, kind of all the way through his career. Yeah. Th- th- those numbers are, are not just... At, at times, you'll get the the guy who has multiple forty goal seasons in junior, and yeah. then settles into his career. Right. But, but Paul's
1: never really done that, which is also interesting because he has hands. Yes. You know he he's a skill player, but I think it, that maybe even forced him to more focus into like, okay, how can I be grittier? How can I be more crash and bang, harder to play against? Um, because he's he his his greatest. He, oh, I wish I could remember the exact number. Shame on me that I can't. But when I first met him. I was like, all right, so who's the shootout guy around here? And he said, ah, well, you know, I, I think he said, like, I'm 12 for 13 lifetime or something. And y- y- the point is, is that when, when Paul Carr's on a breakaway, he's confident. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's on breakaways every day either. Right. So I think that was part of the, the transition for him in pro hockey was, okay, let's, let's add another element here uh, that's a little more suited to the middle six that I've been playing. Um, and this year the scoring touch has been there, but that's also third year of being in the American Hockey League. You're supposed to get better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're supposed to add tools to the tool belt. Um, so I I think when he scored the goal, I remember asking Joel Ward, I said, were you surprised he scored in the NHL this quickly? He's like, I thought he was going to do really well up there. Because he's got the frame, he's got the mindset to to play the role they're asking him to play. So, uh, not that Joel Ward was predicting goals, but he said, I thought he was going to do well. I thought it was going to suit him. And you see that sometimes, too. A player in the AHL is what he is, and he gets called up to the NHL. It's like, boy, it almost seems like it's easier for him up there somehow. Yeah. I've had players tell me that. Like Derek Pouliot said once, he said, it's actually easier in the NHL because, you know. Ever- structure? Structure. And you know, not only are you making fewer mistakes because you're up, but no one else is making mistakes either. Every pass is on the tape. In some ways, the game is almost, at times, cleaner. It's easier for you to jump into it sometimes. Um, but when Cotter scored his first goal, that kind of like inside-outside wrister, he he got when he got underneath the stick of, uh, I can't remember who what the, who the defenseman was, but when he when he did that, uh, I said like, oh, that was pretty good. And then then like Tim Speltz, oh, he does that in practice all the time. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of patented, Paul Cotter. I think Gary Lawless said the same thing on the air um so he's just he's suited very well to the nhl uh i'm sure catching a little lightning in the ball too just excited to be there as a lot of guys are um but but to me the fact that he has jumped in so quickly and been so productive and so involved to me that bell rang off of of having heard from several players in the past like "Ah, sometimes the nhl game somehow just suits you suits you better depending on who you're playing with and and uh you know how you handle yourself and well, Paul Carr has handled himself very well so far.
0: I, I think you're right. Jake Lessisham was penciled in uh, for the Henderson Silver Knights, but has played his way through uh, responsibility uh, and being uh, able to embrace that role uh, and earning Pete DeBoer's trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year has has earned those those extra games. Uh, ben Jones, though, uh, been up the last couple of games. It's it's like all these dreams are coming true yeah. this year in in all these debuts. But uh, give us the idea of, of of where Ben Jones fits in the whole scheme.
1: You know, Ben Ben is interesting because he's a player that's gotten better year over year. You know, his first his rookie season, he was in Chicago, uh, played well, but the, the numbers weren't uh, particularly. Oh, they weren't really eye popping at all. They weren't really a factor. He was under ten points. He was just, you know, playing a fourth line role. Uh, last year we saw Spark offensively, knowing what to do around the net. This year it's been the penalty kill, most obviously. Uh, both in terms of just the, the doggedness on Puck pursuit. And when you get to Puck out into space, he can actually he can win a foot race. So this is a player that has stayed within himself. And he's progressing steadily. The points are there, but he's also putting himself in better positions. And I think what applies to, to Ben is something that applied to what Manny Vivero said about both Jake LeCision and Jonas Romburg last year. And he said, well, the thing that's so good about them is that they're always where they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And if you're telling players, well, let the game come to you. Well, if you're where you're supposed to be, the game will come to you. That's why they put you there. That's why the X's yeah. and O's on the whiteboard are where they are. Players who chase the game get outside themselves. A, they make mistakes, and B, sometimes they miss the opportunities because the glowing areas of the ice are the places where they're not standing. Ben Jones does a much better job of being positionally sound, fundamentally sound, um, and, and he's cashing in on the chances he gets. And I think that's, that's an element, too. You know, you and I can stand in the exact same place as, as uh, Max Pacioretty, Now, of course, he should score more than we are, but even a high percentage, right? There's a 90% scoring area you and I probably can't bury. Right. You know, there's a certain element of putting same players in same spots and, well, you just got to hit the spot. You just got to score, and that's a confidence thing. That's an experience thing, and sometimes it's just can you do it or not thing, and that's something Ben Jones has gotten better at. When he's in high percentage scoring areas, he's scoring goals, and that's that's, elevated his value. Uh, Coaches
0: will say, a certain player being up and having success is not a real surprise, whereas the fan base and those on the periphery will go, "Boy, I c- I can't believe that player's doing that, or that player's uh, been that effective, or getting that many minutes." Yeah, you know, Romberg is
1: the guy that the coaches say, no brainer. Mm-hmm. And and last year, last year when when people asked me, like, "Okay, who's who's a guy who would be like quickest to get up?" Yeah, what do I know? But I said, you know what, Romberg wouldn't surprise me just because again he's Fundamentally sound, but he's just so good 200 feet long. Coaches gush over Rombier, And he missed his entire rookie season. He played all of a few shifts in his first season in, in Chicago, suffered a lower body injury, missed the year. So last year it was like, okay, how quickly can he get back to himself, let alone... This is the American Hockey League now. It's not. Yeah. It's not Europe anymore. It's not you know the the younger the junior leagues or whatever. You know, a perfectly healthy guy. Like okay, how do you acclimate yourself to that next step up? So that plus missing a year. Like all right, let's see what we get out of Jonas Rombberg. Within five games, everyone was like, oh, he's even better than we thought he was going right. to be. Um, and and he's just a perfect prototype for the role that he's playing right now with the VGK. He just fits it so well. Um, and you know again, it's a long season. As as the as the team gets healthier, who knows what decisions are made for pers- for anybody on the roster in any direction. But I think he's very much made the case that they know exactly what his skill set is and how it applies to the NHL game for for a long time. We will talk about those players getting healthy uh,
0: as we continue on Nighttime at Noon. We'll also check in with the Director of Player Development uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights, Will Nickel, as we roll on in this hour.
1: We're back to Nighttime at Noon on your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, Fox Sports
2: Las Vegas.
0: Show continues from Studio 31. You can uh, watch us live streaming this program on YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, the various social media channels of the Vegas School of the Knights. Uh, We're, of course, located in the second floor of City National Arena, Darren Millard, along with the voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, Brian McCormick, and we are modeling our new T-shirts. Very nice. Now you just brought them up. Uh, These are Jack Eichel T-shirts. They are launching on Gold Friday over at the Arsenal and the Armory, uh, exclusive to the Arsenal and the Armory. These are uh, (laughs) team-designed Jack Eichel shirts. Pretty cool. I think so. You know what I noticed uh, the other day? uh, By the way amazing fabulous uh intimate interview with manny vivos oh. uh for hockey fights cancer night Thank uh, you. that was uh that was beautiful and and manny would want me to to mention this uh you had a bit of a, a show going on there with the arms
1: see uh, the, so the, way, the,
0: the way that you were leaning in there
1: i've gotten this from multiple people yeah um and i'm not taking it one of them, i don't think it's a compliment i think it was it's one of them gary lawless uh no, okay, but cause, I guess because he
0: was he was something like, to say.
1: <laughs> he was fixated on the arms when we were when we were watching the interview. <laughs> okay. Well, I've had a couple of the players make mention, yeah. but I don't think I don't think it's them complimenting the arms. I think it's their, their very uh, subtle way of saying, Brian, you're wearing shirts that are too small for you. There might have been a bit of that a too. Yeah. Like, is it, this is a, this is an XL. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is the best I could do. But we yeah. had this conversation. Like, Brian, are you a large or an XL? I said, I'm a large. Or I'm lying to myself. I'm an XL the rest of the time. There's no. You don't get into a large. There's not a chance you get into a large. Well, they vary. It's
0: no, no A it, real, yeah, yeah, a real. Large if account. you put on this large T-shirt right now, you're turning into Hulk. It's ripping all over. Sticking over the third second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, There's, there's not a chance. When you said uh, I'm a large, I'm like, uh, no. Uh, if, if you're a large. Then okay, I'm going down to a small it's denial mm-hmm. is what it is well denied uh, denied deny. deny, deny. But, I'm but I'm a but different I mean you did have the you, had, you did have the 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 arms uh, on full display during the yeah, well, uh, conversation I'm a different with
1: Manny. size in October than I am in May but <laughs> but yeah for for the conversation with Manny it was just uh and, and you know we've we've been able to touch on the subject of of uh, his battle with prostate cancer a couple times now over the last month or so um first of all just I mean hats off to Manny for for being willing to talk about it yeah you know, because it is obviously a difficult thing that everyone goes through differently, but he's been very adamant that he wants to be able to be a messenger, uh, not only to you know confidence, especially this time of year, and with hockey fights cancer. For the how about for a lifesaver? Like life he's sa- sa- he's going to save lives. Absolutely, he is, and that's where the, the most important part of the message that he's pushing, or at least I think the most important part, he is hammering, hammering, hammering early detection. Yeah. And how he said that the, a blood test at the start of the year saved his life. He is going to save his life as you know he's going tend to tend tend to the actual treatment over the next month or so. Um but you know b- brave of him as, as he's undergoing what he's undergoing to be you know not even willing to talk about, it. he insists to talk about it, and uh, that, I think it's going to make a difference for a lot uh, of people
0: so the late great Brian Murray uh, somebody that uh, that admitted they should have got tested sooner, mm-hmm. and it was uh just the the idea of of the test and and what goes along with the test and, and everything uh that the the vanity or whether you, wh- whatever term you want to use it he he put that off. Yeah. And he said he, he he would have battled through it, been able to get through it before it became terminal had he been able to just uh, face up and, and, and get the test. And I always think of that, and then I, I, I hear Manny uh, promoting it and, and advising us and giving us his story. And it's just uh, it's being able to do that in his situation with all that he's dealing with is is a tremendous compliment to him
1: yep and I, I think it makes him feel uh you know it adds some 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 value to his situation yep. you know it's it, it's a it's a situation that he doesn't want to be going through, nobody does no. but while you're doing it, do some good and and he's done that and, and I think to your point, the reason people don't get tests early it, it's a human element I think we yes. all have we all have a little bit of a ostrich syndrome that we stick our head in the sand, yes, you know, so all the more important for someone who's going through this to say, hey, not only is it important. It's not that hard, mm-hmm. you know. Get it done. You're, you're better. Either way, hopefully everything's good. But you're better off knowing. Suck day, it up. Do it. Get it done. You're you're going to thank yourself afterwards, no matter what the result is, and, and you're going to put yourself in the best position if if uh, if there's something you need done. And just uh, so you know, I, I'm one of those people. And 100 oh, percent in having uh,
0: Brian uh, in the back of my head, and then hearing Manny. I've I've moved past that, and I'm going down the path uh, of getting tested. So, and, and I'm of that 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 age group. So, uh, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I I know of what you speak when you say, ah, uh, I'm just not gonna. I can find any excuse in the world to, to not do it. But, I was uh, I
1: was finding them until yeah. Manny talked to us all, yeah. and once he did, yeah, everyone on the staff
0: got to it. Uh, we have a pre-Thanksgiving meeting with the Nashville Predators for the Vegas gold Knights uh, tomorrow night. It's weird how this works. And, and when you're around a team or a league for a little while, you, you kind of figure out there's some some similarities and some trends. Mm-hmm. Well, two years ago, the Golden Knights played the Nashville Predators on the last game before Thanksgiving. Yeah. And Vegas was sputtering a little bit at the time. And it looked like it was going to go down as, as a defeat, and uh, there would be some, some questions being asked about where the roster was, where the team was, because they were about 500. <laughs> well, lo and behold, uh, Max Pacioretty ties the game with 0. 0.3 seconds to go, and then they win in an overtime on a 2 one 0 uh, Stastny and, and, and Schmidt. Uh, and, and they, they kind of – it was a real big moment on the season. They didn't, didn't put them over the top, but a, a huge moment. 2021, the team is battling through some huge injury issues, getting through it. But the last game before Thanksgiving is against Nashville, and while Pacioretty was the hero two years ago, he plays a different role right now. Uh, there's a lot of talk that he may be able to play tomorrow night and come back for the first time since Game Two of the season.
1: What a massive shot in the arm yeah. that would be! It, it will be whenever it happens, but if it would be for the, for this. You you tell me, I always find there's there's symbolism for this specific time of year, and you've been doing this for a long time and talked to, to dozens and dozens of coaches over the years. Have you ever asked for a benchmark? We well, always say It used to be Thanksgiving. Yes. Except for this year. Exactly. And that's yeah. where it's always been like, okay, we always say, hey, this is happening or that's happening, but it's early, but it's early, but it's early. When is it not early anymore? At yeah. what point can we can we say like, ah, this just is what it is? Well,
0: American Thanksgiving is, if you're out of the playoffs in American Thanksgiving, you traditionally have a really hard time getting into a playoff position. With
1: the exception of like what, the 14 Kings and the, and the Blues a couple of years yeah. ago, were probably the exceptions, and yeah. the Blues had Jordan Bennington as their their wild card. Exactly. And that's the interesting thing here. But is the season that, started late this year. right. And they've
0: got the Olympic break where there's some, some jam in schedule. So, so that date of American Thanksgiving is really the middle of December this year. That late, you think? Yeah. Okay. That's about, that's about All right. Cause, in, cause, in the different people that I've talked so to. So we're still talking it's two weeks. goofy enough, but I've actually talked to people about this, uh, about where the actual date is.
1: Any idea that I have, I assume you had two weeks ago. No, 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 <laughs> no. You're, you're, you're right on the money.
0: But uh, but I was trying to nail it down because I've heard so many people talk about the American Thanksgiving
1: thing. Yeah. Like, it's not accurate this year. Well, and especially in the reason I bring it up is for the Golden Knights, it's extremely inaccurate because mm. the first two months of season has at no point, except for maybe opening day, been the actual team right. that we would be trying to assess. And even there, there was there's pieces missing. Yeah. So, you know, in that sense... Every team goes through something, but I, I struggle to think of any team, with the exception of, you know, the, the week that Ottawa was going through, are going through their COVID situation. In terms of actual long-term impacting day-to-day operations of the team, I can't think of anybody who's going through it as dramatically as the VGK has have been. They have not had their top two lines since game two. To which point, we can almost say, let's say it's two weeks from now, mm-hmm. as uh, the the bell curve that you've gotten from people you've spoken to. We can kind of start to. <laughs> Assess everybody else. It's like, all right, they yeah. are what they are. Yes. And now it's almost like it's almost like the, the race is frozen in time. And you know, if if any team, it is no guarantee that they will do it, but if, when the VGK get everyone back, or at least are getting significant pieces back, a chunk at a time, could they go on a run? Like in years where we would be like, wow, this team was at the back of the pack, and then by by March they'd rushed all the way back to the front. How did they do it? Got healthy. VGK would have to do it. Yeah, but we shouldn't be shocked if it happens because they've been missing their best players for the entire
0: stretch. Yeah, this will be different than St. Louis. Yeah. In 2019. No, uh, they had Jordan I, Minnington. That was the <laughs> that yeah. Was and, the and Vegas won't uh, is nowhere near uh, in, in a hole like the St. Louis Blues were that year.
1: Well, that's what's amazing is again they're, they're above 500, battling through what they've been battling through. They they won. It was uh, yeah, it was five of six on the home stand yeah. recently. Like they're a winning hockey team and they're doing it with. A, a large contingency of, of Silver Knights, and they're doing it with players that they've been picking up here and there to, to help, you know, sustain. So that's where, to me, it's, it's an interesting factor that this is usually where you look and say, like okay, let's look at the standings and how much will it look like this a month from now. That's not the situation we have this year at all. Uh, it's been an impressive season, maybe the most
0: impressive coaching work that I've seen yeah. uh, uh, in, a, in a long time where you've actually had to coach every single night and every single period. Uh, to to an nth degree. Uh, that's been positive. And just uh, players being able to, to be positive and be able to focus on the moment and not get frustrated. I think there was that moment, uh, maybe game three, four, where woe is me, mm-hmm. which is natural. And then I don't know whether it was the coaching. I don't know whether it was the players uh, kind of turned it around. And that those games, Denver and Dallas, uh, going on the road, helped make it happen. And then... You start to get that sign. People are coming back. Shay Theodore was back last night. Yep. Uh, Zach Whitecloud, a couple of games before that. Mark Stone, a couple of games before that. There's this, this drip, this. drip, drip. Yeah, and it's almost better that it happens that way. Yeah. Uh, in a sense, I'm sure Pete DeBoer would disagree with me on that, but uh, but you don't need everyone to you don't need
1: everyone to refight themselves on the same night, right? Yeah. Like, okay, by the time we get so-and-so back, Stone's been back for three or four games, and he's hit his stride, and it, it allows you to gradually roll into it. And again, to, to your point, you know, we talk about for Vegas as they get everyone back, and it's going to be almost like a new, a new take on the season from that point forward, as they do. Mm-hmm. As they stand right now, they're five points back at Calgary. After all of this, they're five points back at Calgary. They're four points back of Edmonton. A couple games in hand for the Oilers, but they're they're very, very much in the mix. You know who's After going off? through a nightmare of a start of the two months in terms of what the roster has been available to them? The most ticked-off people in the National Hockey League right now are
0: Edmonton and Calgary. Because they thought, it, with their starts, this was their such opportunity. a big, uh, big yep. cushion. Uh, we've got uh, Will Nichols standing by. Will's going to be ticked off at us because you and I are just talking taking all the oxygen out of the room. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, and he's standing by uh, to join us uh, via Zoom, and he'll join us on uh, nighttime at noon in just a little bit, the director of player development for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Golden Knights fans, uh, need more hockey? Make sure you check out the newest team in town, the Henderson Silver Knights, and talk about the job that Manny Beaveros and uh, his coaching staff, Jamie Huard, taking the reins uh, for a period of time, have done right now dealing with their own roster flux. Uh, single-game group and mini-suite tickets uh, for home games during this season are on sale now. Contact Henderson Silver Knights ticketing team at 702-645-4259. DM me if you uh, want that number again on Twitter. Uh, DMs are wide open. Or visit HendersonSilverKnights.com to learn more. Will Nickel, graciously standing by, patiently standing by. Uh, We will talk about all the prospects uh, within the organization when we continue at Nighttime at Noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. making it happen from city national arena inside studio 31 at the home worldwide headquarters of the vegas school of the knights darren millard brian mccormick on fox sports las vegas uh one hour of vgk talk and then two more hours of hockey talk coming up in the vgk insider show four to six uh this afternoon brian mccormick a, a regular guest on that program uh ali mccormick uh, joins us every now and then brian's <laughs> wife when we uh when we Decided to throw her in the phone
1: she, she won't drive anywhere with me during the program now no <laughs> she's, she's, she's very afraid. very careful she's <laughs> like is, <laughs> is that show on like no no not at the moment
0: we got to get uh our good friend uh, will nickel on the program uh from four to six uh more often uh, director of player development for the vegas golden knights how are you pal
2: Hey guys! Hey guys! guys how are you doing? Thanks Good. for having uh, me on. Thanks, thanks for thank being patient. patient. Uh, you, you, you they, 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 Dakota, Dakota uh, make, making make sure that uh, that you were all hooked up and ready to go. You've been on, on the on, on the air with us, us just uh, patiently
0: yeah, listening yeah. For, for, for about. 40 know, it was
2: great. It gave me a chance to listen to you guys. Uh, I feel like there's almost not a lot for me to say. You guys did such a nice <laughs> job covering it, uh, especially the first 15 minutes. Uh, it was it was great. Great. What do you What do you think do you of McCormick's arms? Pretty solid. Uh... Uh, uh, <laughs> this is a guy, down. yeah, yeah his, he's unprocessed. Let's, let's stick to the prospects. Let's <laughs> stick to the <laughs> prospects. <laughs> uh,
0: hey, so as uh, so director, director of player, uh, uh, development uh, of you're, on the, you're road, on the road right now where are you on, are you right, on right, right now give a, a, this, sort this of a, is a great uh, one this
2: is what i call a backpack trip uh i left uh, this morning and uh, i will be you know i'm based out of madison wisconsin that's where my wife uh well my wife moved there when she was seven so she's basically from there i'm from there as well and i'll be back in madison tomorrow night uh, i'm in minneapolis tonight seeing um a college game you know making, making sure, sure that we uh, if there's another zach white cloud out there that we find him and then tomorrow i will be over in green bay uh, seeing jackson hallam and green bay is a little over two hours from madison so i'll get home late tomorrow night and be able to spend thanksgiving with uh, with my wife and her mom and dad
0: go ahead go ahead sure sure uh, you know uh, you on, you on a trip
2: like this uh will for, for, for the fans, fans that uh, maybe haven't heard, heard you speak before, before you have, have the, opportunity the opportunity to go to all these, these rather, rather obscure, obscure towns some, some of them, of them yeah. major, junior major junior seats people know, but, people know. but, but, but the stickers, are stickers are on your suitcase, suitcase must be rather, rather uh, unique and extensive yeah um you know it's yeah, really um, i think it's one of the the, the neat the parts, parts of, of my job is, is i get to see like a lot of different parts of the world and um, and, um i also get to also meet people little, you know like von carpen for example um he's from the paw You know and and carp is like a brother to me you know we've become very close and i never would have met him if it wasn't for this game Uh, i can't say i've been to the paw yet but uh i've you know i've been to uh to winnipeg and brandon and other parts of, of manitoba um but yeah you know obviously brian some some trips are i guess easier than others uh easier places to get to than others, but, you know, I love what I do, and I love seeing different parts of the world and and meeting different people from those parts. Let's uh, let's go through through some of the prospects. Uh, Uh, Brendan Brisson is is, uh, uh, is lighting lighting it up at Michigan Michigan right right
0: now. Uh, Uh, Give us uh, us, uh, the latest latest on him him and 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 how he's he's progressed since he was drafted.
2: Yeah, uh, well, Brendan's doing a great job of – Filling out yeah, his 200, 200, foot 200 foot game, game is, 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 is probably the, probably the best, best way. Play. Like he's, he's got, got things, guys, guy that you guys can't teach. teach. He, he thinks the game uh, at, a, at a very, very high level. He sees the game at a very, very high level. So as he goes up, you know, he's gonna be even better with better players because he thinks it that well. Uh, Mel Pearson told me that he hasn't had a, a kid at Michigan that can shoot the puck like Brennan since Patch was there. So he's got all those things, right? But you guys hit on it earlier. And I actually sent a quote to Brennan and all the prospects about a week ago that Pete uh, had said about Jake LeCision and, you know, his 200-foot game and and gaining the trust of a coach at the NHL level. You know, all these kids can score at the younger ages and, and at the other levels, but what is it that gets you, you know, into the lineup, helps you stay in the lineup? You know, you got to get the, the coach's trust. And Brennan's really – Uh, worked on that, and um, his his 200-foot game has become much better.
1: Will, is it useful for Brendan to be playing with a a Michigan team now that is stacked with first-round picks and also has a lot expected of it? Is that a good environment for a player to develop in?
2: It's a great – you know, they got a great team. Yeah, no doubt. Mel's done a great job, Uh, he and his staff, uh, putting a real talented group together. Um, And, yeah, I think it's been great. It was great last year. They had a pretty talented group, but this year they're at a different level in terms of talent and uh it just you, you see him starting to shine even more which kind of goes back to my first point is i think he's going to be better with even better players and he's showing that this year uh
0: you're uh, traveling around trying to find the the next one and uh keeping track of uh the ones that are already drafted and uh part of the vegas golden knights organization uh lucas cormier uh, we got to see him in camp we got to see him uh, uh play uh how's his development since uh, he's gone
2: back back His has been great. So what I just talked about with Brennan, you know, Lucas uh, is, is working on at the defensive end. So the best thing for Lucas was when Krim and I sat with him on his exit meeting, his exhibition game. And I don't know how well you guys remember it because you guys have so many things going on, but the first period, you know, Lucas let the game come to him. He wasn't trying to force offense. He wasn't doing what I would say were junior habits and he played lights out. Well, the second period you know, like a lot of young players do, he started to go to his junior habits and try to do too much and quickly learn that you can't do that. And it was a great thing for us to point to when Krim and I met with him. And I keep going back to that game with him and his coach, and he's really bought in. He's really bought in, like he, there's very few defensemen you guys that can just be that good offensively where they can make a living and a career in the NHL. They gotta be able to defend the rush and they got to be able to defend in their zone, right? So Lucas is is buying into that, and he's making some steps. The offensive stuff comes natural to him. I think he's second in the league right now for defensemen in points, but but our message to him is get points the right way, right? We'd rather have you get 50 points the right way than 80 points the wrong way, and uh, to his credit, he's he's doing that.
1: With Will Nickel, the director of player development. Will, to bounce around a little, for the yep. Vegas Golden Knights, they've had a lot of silver knights come up into the lineup, a lot of players making their NHL debut this year. That point you make about Lucas Cormier, let the game come to you, don't go outside of yourself. Is it hard to assess or, or to balance the need of for the V G K, okay, we're calling guys up mathematically, we need bodies in the lineup, but also making sure that when you bring a player up it's something that they're that they're ready for. Is that is that a hard thing to assess from a an organizational standpoint that you bring up the right guys and not just whoever the next man up is going to be.
2: Well, I, I don't know for other organizations, but for ours, you know, it starts with George and Krim and it works through Pete working with Manny and, you know, myself and, and Bob Lowe's and Carp, Von Carp and working together. We, we don't have any silos. We collaborate on all decisions. So I think that not, I think I know that George and Krim have a very good idea of what the prospects are when they get to Henderson um, and then Manny and his staff have just done a tremendous job. And so I know they're in communication, Tim Speltz with and George, and Pete on uh, what they're doing in Henderson, right? So I, I think that they have a real good idea of what these kid I always say kids, what these young players are going to bring in terms of strengths uh, when they come up.
0: Uh, we've uh, seen so many players get their Hot lap yeah. out there, and and, and, <laughs> yeah. and be able to twirl around and, and make that dream of uh, cracking the National Hockey League uh, for the first time. Uh, what what sense do you get, having been th- with these players now for a number of years and, and watching that happen?
2: Uh, it's hard not to get emotional. It, it, it really is. Uh, I try to hurry back to the hotel, or hurry to my home if if I'm home to see you know these guys make their debut like when Paul Cotter scored his first goal and decision scored the game winner when Jonas scored, when Benny had his first game the other night, it's hard for me not to jump off the couch for these kids because I've been fortunate. Like I've been a part of their journey. I haven't been there for the whole time. Right. But I've been there for a chapter of their, of their journey, if you will. And, um, all those kids, all four of those kids have gone through adversity right? And I always say that it's probably the most important part of my job is to be there when things aren't great for a player, you know, to help them, you know, understand, know, understand this is all part of the process. Like adversity is part of life adversity. i heard you guys talking about Manny and his journey and, you know, adversity is going to come at us, whether it's in life or in hockey. So grab on, you know, and let's, let's develop through adversity, right? Let's, let's embrace this adversity and let's find ways to get better. And all four of these kids have had their own bout with adversity, their own journey that I've been able to be a part of. But, you know, Darren and Brian, like I say all the time, the kids have the most important part of the equation, right? Like they have to want it more than I want it, more than Pete wants it, Manny, right? And all four of these kids, you know, fall into that category as well. Like we can give them everything that they need in terms of resources and in terms of telling them what they have to do, but they have to do it. You know, and so I'm always just so proud when these kids make their debut because they've done the work, you know, and so they should enjoy that that hot lap, if you will, and they should enjoy, enjoy that first up. night coming out of the tunnel uh, and, and on the T Mobile.
0: Uh, just we've got a bit of an echo, so just bear with us, uh, Will, as we Sorry go guys. through this. No, is that me? I think just plug your headphones back in or we'll okay, just me... work through this uh, uh, live on the air. Uh, if, if you are the strongest or most point of contact with these players coming up. Do you reach out to them after they make their debut? Do they talk to you after they make their
2: debut? So I try to leave the guys alone once they're up with uh, the big club, but with each one of these kids, you know, with Hager, when he got up with white, with white cloud, when he was up with cogs with Colazar um, all those guys at some point, I either send them a text or what I like to do, you know, lately as I record, you know, the message and then I send it to them in a text so they can hear, you know, my voice and hear just how excited and how proud I am of them. But, but you know, I I'm alone unless they need something.
1: You know, I think, Will, for what the VGK is going through right now, a lot of call-ups, the Silver Knights, a lot of guys going up. When we were on the bus from Stockton to Sacramento last week, uh, you know, everyone has their phones up and they're watching because they want to see, you know, when, uh, when Paul Cotter scored his first goal, you had heard guys yelling up and down the hallway. It's great for the player. It's great for the organization, but it's, it's great for everybody to see the young guys having success. Even the players who are hoping to one day make their way up.
2: Yeah. great is it. And, and it just speaks to the character of the players in our organization that there's not jealousy. You know, they're happy for these players as they go up obviously they all want to get up there. Right. But we've, we've got a culture where it's team first and, um, that's pretty neat. I didn't know that story, Brian, and it doesn't surprise me at all. Knowing the players that we have in Henderson and then the players that we have coming up right now through juniors and college hockey.
0: Chatting us from a hotel room in the where Minneapolis, did you say? Minneapolis. You yeah. All right. See the...
2: Penn state and St. Thomas tonight.
0: Oh, great. uh, uh Penn State has got... Uh, I've, I've watched them on television a couple of times, so uh, that'll be a great opportunity tonight. Will yeah, Nichols, the Jagdowski director.
2: does a great job there. they got a nice, hard-working team. They
0: do. Uh, director of Player Development uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights is Will Nickel on the road getting it done. Uh, just uh, some other prospects uh, you know them more than i so uh give us an idea of uh, who's jumping out at you right now within the organization
2: yeah well i think the one that uh, you know we're going to be excited well, we're going to be excited when they all come but you know Ivan morozov is the one that I, I can just tell you i've worked the hardest or spent the most time on um because he's over playing in st petersburg but last year you know he was the top scoring um player in the khl under the age of 22 and he was 20 all last year, he just turned 21 recently. So I think, and I've said this before, you know, I, you're gonna see a lot of Paul Stasny in his game, like he's a true two way center. Um, very, very good uh, center iceman. Um, he's obviously gonna be one that you're gonna be excited about. You know, th- th- what I want to hit on a little bit too guys is Bob Lowe's and his staff. Like you, you go through some of these guys, like uh, Jacob, um, Jacob Urbanitz, who's in Charlottetown, fourth-round pick. Jacob Demick, you know, who's in Edmonton. Those two are having great rookie seasons in the CHL. I've been really impressed with them. Jackson Hallam, I'm not sure there's a more talented player in the USHL than Jackson. He's a third-round pick. Danny Chyka, you know, is a second-round pick uh, who's, who's just a, got a real high upside, real high ceiling uh, playing, playing in, in Guelph. So I think what Bobby and those guys have done and continue to do is they're able to get more value than where they're picking these kids uh, a lot of times, and that helps us keep the keep the cupboard you know more than more than full.
1: And will another player from the most recent draft class, the first round pick Zach Dean, uh, who yeah. was rehabbing in the early just, going, but I just
2: saw Zach. He played his first game. So I want to give some credit here too to to Todd Richardson and Jay Mallette, their staff, they did an unbelievable job getting Zach healthy. healthy. And I went, and for, I his went for his game first game back, back, almost expecting it to be not much of a game for the kid. And he looked like he did in the first game of the rookie tournament, you know, and Brian, you were there. He, he was yeah. Very, yeah. Good, very good in that first, that first game. game. So credit to Todd and their staff for getting him ready. He felt great uh, during the game, after the game, you know, he's got... Well, he's got a motor, you know, and, and I, I guess I'd compare him in some ways to, to Peyton Krebs, you know, with with that motor and that compete. He's got really quick hands, uh, sees the ice. He's a really good player, good prospect. And I'll be up there uh, this, this coming Tuesday and Wednesday to spend some time with him. Charlottetown comes in as well. So I'll see Brabantz and Cormier play, uh, play Gatineau.
0: We see the uh, the pictures, we see the players holding their pucks uh, from their first goals, and uh, in the background somewhere in there should be superimposed uh, a little shot of Will Nickel, as uh, he's been uh, part of that journey from the very start with these kids. Uh, success is uh, deserved for you, and uh, safe travels as well. Happy Thanksgiving, pal.
2: Hey, happy Thanksgiving, guys. Uh, you're doing a great job. Keep it up, and thanks for having me on.
0: Soon. Oh. There's Will Nickel, okay. Director of Player Development for the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll take a break. We'll come back and wrap things up on nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, National Predators coming up tomorrow night. Last game before Thanksgiving. And you can uh, watch the game on AT&T Sportsnet. Or you can watch the game on AT&T Sportsnet while you're at Stadium Swim. A watch party uh, at uh, Circa coming up tomorrow afternoon. A pre-game show at 4.30, uh, 4 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas, and then you can uh, watch face-off uh, whatever telecast or broadcast that you're listening to, but Stadium Swim's a pretty cool place.
1: You know, I haven't been there yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what I'm waiting for. I think I'm just waiting for the right occasion, like uh, some sort of, maybe a playoff watch party or something like mm-hmm. that. Or I mean, it's not typical swim what are you season doing tomorrow? now, Uh Going to Stadium Swim now, I think. Yeah. That's a, I was waiting for an invitation from you. I and know people. You know people. I know people. High up people, or no, like I know Gosher,
0: who knows like really important people. Well connected
1: yeah. guy. But I can
0: I can I can get your name on the list. That might uh, be the stadium one. swim tomorrow.
1: Hey, uh, I'll wear this T-shirt. Yes, that's what I'll do. So these
0: Jack Eichel T-shirts that we've got on, uh, if you're listening to the program, uh, we they're, they're Jack Eichel sweaters uh, T-shirts with uh, a hockey card or uh, where the player card uh, going on, oh like you know like if you're playing poker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you know what I like uh, it's very uh, detail oriented in the sense that they, they, the curls. Yep. They're accounted for for Jack a- Jack Eichel. In a J. And the J.
0: With yes. a Jack. Not for, joke, it's not the, for it's Joker, the, or Jack. It's the, uh, the Jack card. And so that's going to be exclusively for sale this uh, Friday Gold Friday. Uh, come over to uh, the Arsenal the Armory uh, check it out and uh, it's going to be part of uh, the the big Black uh, or the uh, Gold Friday. Sale yep. coming up uh, this weekend,
1: and then Lifeguard Arena has Silver Saturday mm. on Saturday, and they're going to be giving uh, selling the Nevada Day jerseys. Oh, very good! Uh, w- busy, busy Saturday. Yeah, yep. the Iowa Wilder in town Saturday and Sunday to uh, afternoon matinee games.
0: So uh, you can see the Henderson Silver Knights on Saturday and the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Afternoon uh, day-night doubleheader.
1: You let you work off the Thanksgiving dinner with a busy hockey weekend.
0: Ooh, a lot of fun. <laughs> Thanksgiving coming up, and then, of course, uh, we've got uh, weekend hockey for you. Uh, Connor McDavid in on Saturday, Iowa Wild on Saturday. Uh, Three games for you uh, this weekend of professional hockey. Brian McCormick, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Darren. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, uh, and we continue with the Henderson Silver Knights and the Vegas Golden Knights week schedule on Thanksgiving week.